Good morning, everyone. God bless you. Thank you so much for tuning in to our live broadcast. If you have any testimonies, questions, or prayer requests, you can certainly let us know. You can do that on any social media platform you're listening on, or you can also contact us uh, through our website, jasondemars.com, or by email, demjas at gmail.com, or you can text or call me at 612-293-6846. So we'll continue on on part three of the character of Jesus Christ. So what we've been talking about uh, through this uh, whole time, we've been looking, just to review, we've been looking at the fact that Jesus is the firstborn among many brethren. We've been looking at the fact, and then that, uh, so him being the firstborn, then there's many brethren to come. He, he is the head, we are the body. Um, we continue on um, looking at the fact that um, he's the firstborn from the dead, so there's more to come. He's the beginning of the creation of God. So he's the beginning, we're the continuation. We are all a new creation in Christ. So there's a new creation that God is dealing with, and it's God creating himself in the form of human flesh. And so the new birth comes into us, which is Christ, through his word comes into us. And then how do we know we are born again? It's when he expresses himself through us. It's that revelation in us expressed through us, the literal life of Jesus Christ. And so then we're continuing to look uh, the last time at the uh, character of Jesus Christ. He said the same character that was in Christ will be on display in his wife. And so we, being his body, are expressing his life, his character. And this is an important thing to understand because if we're not expressing his life, then there's something out of order, something that needs to be corrected. So we looked... Um, at Jesus with the woman caught in adultery and we looked at Jesus speaking and um, bringing uh, damnation to the Pharisees um, and part of Jesus was looking at the needs of the people and not how he would look like amongst the, them or winning an argument but his heart was to heal the people even grieved him and angered him when they wouldn't listen to his message. And then we finished with um, the fact that he came to be, not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. And he calls the same, calls us to do and be the same for others. So we'll start from there, Luke 19, 41 through 42. And when he was come near, he beheld the city and wept over it, saying, If thou hadst known, even thou, at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes. So Jesus had such a burden for lost soul, it caused him, it caused him to weep. It caused him to be very, very sorrowful. Uh, 
What about you and I? Do we weep over the lost? Do our, are our hearts broken over the lost? Matthew 23, 37, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and ye would not. Luke 23, 34, Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. So, what incredible words there. Jesus with such a heart for people. Such a heart for people to get healed, to be delivered, to be set free. May that be our character. May that be our heart as well. Now, Brother Branham says this. Now, uh, notice, speaking of the fifth seal, notice they asked for revenge. See, now, if that had been the bride, it had been like Stephen. Father, forgive them, you know, see? But these are Jews that just come in. They asked for revenge. The bride asks for mercy for others. That's the heart of the bride. Why? Because she has the character of Jesus Christ. Matthew 22, 15 through 22. Then went the Pharisees and took counsel how they might entangle him in his talk. And they sent out unto him their disciples with the Herodians, saying, Master, we know that thou art true, and teachest the way of God in truth. Neither carest thou for any man, for thou regardest not the person of men. Tell us therefore, what thinkest thou? Is it lawful to give unto tribute unto Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, Why tempt ye me, you hypocrites? Show me the tribute money. And they brought unto him a penny, and he saith unto them, Whose image and superscription is this? They say unto him, Caesar's. Then saith he unto them, Render therefore unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's, and unto the God the things that are God's. When they heard these words, they marveled and left him and went their way. So incredible wisdom how to understand, uh, respond in every situation. This comes from being deeply rooted in scripture and prayer. We remember um, when we talked about the power of, of prayer and uh, the power of God in prayer and we talked about how Jesus' life was a life of prayer. It needs to be the same for us. If we want wisdom, we want the heart of God, if we want to have a burden for lost souls, we must spend time with God. Matthew 4, 3 through 7. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city, and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple. saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against the stone. Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Jesus knew how to engage in spiritual warfare. He knew how to defeat the enemy. Therefore, he used the word of God to overpower the devil. And when the devil tried to twist the word, Jesus said, it's also written. So that's critical. An understanding of the word, an understanding of the word that comes by revelation to our heart. 
Matthew 14, 23. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. Mark 6.46, and after he had taken leave of them, he went up on the mountain to pray. Mark 1.35, and rising very early in the morning while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. Luke 6.12, in these days he went out to the mountain to pray, and all night he continued in prayer to God. Luke 9.28, now about eight days after these sayings, he took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. So Jesus was a man of prayer. Jesus prayed much. That was a secret to who he was, was his fellowship with God. John eleven forty through 44, Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on the account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips, and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said unto them, Unbind him and let him go. Jesus' power, I believe, came out of his prayer. Uh, when Jesus spoke about casting out devils, uh, he said, This one comes out only by prayer and fasting. And so that's a key to power is prayer and fasting. Matthew 8, 23-27, And when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him, and behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves. But he was asleep, and his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he saith unto them, Why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. But the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? Now, notice that Jesus didn't say, Yes, I'm here to save you. No, he, he stood up and said, Why are you afraid, you of little faith? So, Jesus was calling his disciples and saying, You need to be like me. You need to be asleep and at rest, that God is in complete control. And you have to realize that you can speak the word and it can be done. Jesus was our example of that. And we can speak to storms. We can speak to sicknesses. We can speak to different things that are hindering us, different mountains that are in our way. We can speak to them. But what does it start with? <laughs> Falling asleep in the boat and staying you're such at peace with who you are and who he is that you have no issue, no problem with just resting until he, until he calls you to move. John 12, 27, Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I unto this hour. A submission to the will of God, regardless of the pain and difficulty John 13, 1, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. He loved them. He loved them. He loved God. 
John 14, 31, but that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do. Arise, let us go. Hence, Jesus meeting Gethsemane head on, not running from the will of God, running to the will of God. Luke 22, no matter how painful, no matter how difficult, even if it means our death, we need to run to the will of God. Luke 22, 39 through 47, and he came out and went, and he was as he was wont, to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples also followed him. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, Pray that ye enter not into temptation. And he, he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast, and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he pr prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was as it were the drops of blood, and falling down to the ground. Uh, and when he was rose up from the prayer and was come to his disciples, he found them sleeping for sorrow. And he said unto them, Why sleep ye? Rise and pray, lest ye enter in temptation. And while he yet spake, behold, a multitude, and he that was called Judas, one of the twelve, went before them and drew near unto him, unto Jesus, to kiss him. John 18, 3-7. Judas then, having received a band of men and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, cometh thither with lanterns and torches and weapons. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said unto them, Whom seek ye? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus saith unto them, I am he. And Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with them. As soon as he had said unto him, I am he, they went backwards and fell to the ground. Then asked he them again, Whom seek ye? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. What a man of bravery. Let's look at that word. He met that head on. He didn't run from it. He could have run from it. He's in a dark garden. But instead he gets up and goes directly to the ones that are going to lead him to the cross. He was doing the will of the Father no matter what. Bravery means courageous behavior. Courage means the ability to do something that frightens you uh, or, or it means strength in the face of pain or danger. doesn't mean you're not scared or worried, but it means you're willing to do whatever it takes to accomplish the purpose of God. C.T. Studd says this in The Chocolate Soldier. Every true Christian is a soldier of Christ, a hero par excellence, braver than the bravest, scorning the soft seductions of peace and her oft repeated warnings against hardship, disease, danger, and death, whom he counts among his dearest bosom friends. Brother Branham says this, I said, God, you know, I know you love bravery. You, like men who will stand by their convictions, stand there. When you know you're right, stay. Brother Branham says again, I like anything that's brave. I hate a coward. I hate a man or for a, see a man get in the pulpit and afraid to preach his convictions. Brother, I tell you, I'd say if he shot me just the same and go to an office and somebody be healed by the power of God and afraid to say something about it. Somebody say, yeah, I believe the Lord's a healer and then afraid to testify it, oh brother, ashamed of the Holy Ghost. God can't use you. God wants men of bravery. Amen. We are akin to the lion, the lion of the tribe of Judah. That's right. 
sternness, firmness, bravery. Heroism is defined as great bravery. Jesus Christ was the greatest hero of history. Here's some synonyms of heroism. Valor, boldness, daring, audacity, fearlessness, dauntlessness, stout-heartedness, lion-heartedness. Audacity means to take bold risks. Valor is great courage in the midst of battle. Boldness means willingness to take risks and act innovatively. Confidence and courage. You want to be gentle and quiet. You want to be humble and go where God's lead you. When people say something, no matter how right it looks, you're going to forfeit your rights to talk about your neighbor. You're going to talk. You're going to talk about Jesus. You're just going to do the thing that's right. You ain't going out like a murderer. You ain't going out to jump on the innocent. But you see that gallant play of heroism of real Christians. This is Brother Branham speaking, speaking, and you want to be like them. You won't have to tell anybody you're a Christian if you are one. They just see it and know it as you talk. You're sealed inside and out. That's from the sermon, uh, The Church and Its Condition. Jesus was compassionate and loving. Jesus was bold and zealous for the glory and truth of God. Jesus was audacious, willing to risk everything in order to glorify and honor God. Jesus was a servant that loved his own until his very last breath. Jesus felt a deep burden for the people of Jerusalem. Jesus fed his soul upon the word. Jesus lived a life of prayer. Jesus lived a life of total submission to the Father. Now everybody knows that we have a promise of the church condition in the last day. The church in its present condition can never fulfill the commandments of God, the Great Commission, could never call the bride out. Which one would do it? The Pentecostals, I should say, not none of the rest of them. That's Brother Branham from I have heard, but now I see. This is Thucydides, a Greek uh, philosopher, says, The bravest are those who have the clearest vision of what is before them. Both the glory and the danger of light, of uh, both the glory and the danger alike, and yet them nevertheless go out to meet it. Luke fourteen twenty six through twenty seven. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father or mother and mother and wife and children and brothers and sister, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me. You cannot be my disciple. Luke 14.33 So therefore any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Being a disciple of Jesus Christ means being like him and being a reflection of him. And it needs to be we are willing to give up all to belong to him and to do what's pleasing to him. Once again I want to remind you any prayer requests or questions or testimonies, please let us know at jasondemars.com. May God bless you. Mm-hmm.